What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Level With You show. My name is Wiley Olmstead, and you are tuned into a video game podcast where we get together and talk about, you guessed it, video games. This week, I am joined by the fair himself, Tyler Hadley. Hadley Doodley, everybody. And the Sub-Zero hero himself, Kenny Castro. What's up? What's up, everybody? How's it going? All righty, so we got uh, some games to talk about. We haven't been playing a ton of new stuff, although Tyler's been dabbling a little bit in that Valheim, which can, which is blowing up the Steam charts and all the rage. So we'll get into a little bit of that. Hopefully have a lot more to say next week. Uh, he also finished up Persona 5 Strikers. I am nearing the end of my long journey in Sentinel's Aegis Rim. And we all got together and played some of a little indie horror game called Devour, which we had a pretty good time with yesterday. And there's even more game stuff, believe it or not. But before we get into that, I'd like to encourage you to give the video a like, share it with your friends. Even better, join the Discord so you can join our little growing community and chat with us about video games on the regular. If you can leave us a review on iTunes, we'd so appreciate it. Anything that spreads the good word about this little video game, Western Massachusetts-based podcast, is appreciated. All right, so how's everybody doing? We're starting to get some nice weather. It's 50-plus out there. I was walking around with just a flannel on. It felt great. Yeah, for sure. I'm looking forward to it. going to be, what, like 65, like, over the, like, Thursday and Friday or something like that. Right. But that's going to dip back down. All right, I'm taking Friday off to play some basketball then. <laughs> the whole nice. day. The whole day. That sounds beautiful. Um... Yeah, I was walking around town, got my hair cut during my lunch break today. Felt very good. And just looking forward to, in general, we talked about it last week, getting out on the bike again, being able to you know, have fires where I'm not freezing my ass off. Got a select few folks I might hang out with that have been vaccinated if they're so inclined. We talked a little bit about that before the show. So that's something to certainly look forward to. What else is going on with y'all? You guys uh, have any highlights, lowlights you'd like to share from the previous week with the Level With You audience? Hmm. Um, nothing too major for me. Um, I worked on my basement a little bit more. Um, you knew it was coming. Knew it was yeah. coming. Um, this Friday, I have what's going to be my last session of my dungeons and dragons campaign with the group that i've been playing with for like the past year and a half um we're going to fight the the final boss apparently so uh that's that's kind of of interesting (laughs) it's been it's been a year and a half in the making (laughs) that's crazy so i didn't i don't i know next to nothing about traditional D &D. i know my roommate just started playing it and i haven't heard much from it from him but so you've been working towards this one campaign the whole time. Is the final battle something you feel like you're ready for? Um, I think so. Um, I mean, we've been kind of been put up against different monsters and things like that. I mean, I will say, like, I mean, this was my first ever, like, real D&D campaign. I also think our, our DM was kind of being somewhat generous and not just trying to, like, kill <laughs> us all the time <laughs> also. So... Um, I mean, it could be like maybe he just like throws this last boss and makes them super powerful to like really challenge us. Um, but if it's going the same way as the rest of the campaign is going, like there have been a couple like tough fights, um, but I don't think it's going to be like out of our reach or anything. Okay. So the it's really up to the dungeon master. He's the one that's putting the stars on the difficulties. Oh yeah, like 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 one of the the we fought a dragon in one of our last sessions, and he's got like this whole like deck of cards that's like the dragon's spells, and he's like, oh well, I could have used this one that would have like done all but one damage to you, <laughs> and then like hit a wide area or whatever. He's like, ah, but I decided to be nice. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, Everybody did to be the. No, I have never been played it, but I would love to be a DM. I, I'm ruthless. You gotta learn how to play before you're the DM is what my understanding is. Yeah, you have to have a pretty good understanding of everything. All the actions that you can take. And... Investing hours into learning this so I could become a DM. And, uh, skip yeah. skip the rogue and the dwarf and the... Skip all that. Skip, yeah. all, skip all the plane. Just DM. 
run my own adventure, call it a day. And remind <laughs> folks, what's your class in D&D, Tyler? Uh, I'm a half-orc half barbarian, um, so I'm kind of the tank of the group, doing a lot of uh, aggressive melee damage. Uh, I've got my, my great axe-style weapons that I use, and um, yeah, I'm usually the one kind of like charging in and just kind of brute force in my way through the enemies. And what's what's your character's name? Brybor, Cookie Bottom, because <laughs> he he was he was raised by <laughs> he was raised by gnomes. Brybor, nice. Was that just a random name generator thing, or did you think about that for a while? No, nah, I mean, I just kind of like thought of like some some word, some sounds that went together. I'm like Bur- Bur- Brybor. <laughs> Reminds me of my Skyrim character Bartholomew a little bit, with the <laughs> with the cookie bottom, right boy with the cookie bottom. Yep. <laughs> uh, what about you, Kenny? Any exciting D and D campaigns, or I don't know. I've actually, Wild you know, what's funny. Uh, what was funny is that one time I don't know if I, I think I might have sent Tyler the picture one time. I was uh, like about two years ago. Um, I had bumped in at GameStop when they first dropped the. Um, the Rick and Morty Dungeons and Dragons um book. Oh yeah, I remember like, seeing that. You know, I was like, wow, this is this looks interesting, you know. But then of course I would have if if there, if there was anything I would have wanted to do was when that I think I have the PDF somewhere. It's the Wendy's um Dungeons and Dragons oh, PDF yeah. that Wendy's had dropped. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> if there was anything I would love to give a shot when it comes to D D, it's definitely that one. <laughs> You and Anthony been keeping up with the Wendy's? Honestly, I always keep up with the Wendy's. You get me? Okay. Um, I just had some of the some of the um, what was it? The breakfast baconator sandwich is amazing. Yeah. I've been seeing a lot of ads for that. That thing, honestly, top tier. And I was explaining to somebody <laughs> that that honestly, Wendy's is doing a disservice to themselves by only serving wedges in the breakfast. Oh, they really need, they, they need to fries. replace their french fries with the wedges they serve in breakfast. Top tier, I tell you. Top tier. I've yet to been in since they've done the rebrand of breakfast. There's really the closest one is in Hadley, which is way over the bridge and it's you know, a, it's a ways to go. I mean like you know, you, nobody's going to go out of their way for fast food breakfast, right? Yeah. For but, Tyler, he just needs to but if, throw if baseball you, to yeah, Wendy. Pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I'm the same here because mine is two streets away. Yeah. I literally exit out into the main road, and I have the Wendy's right there. Tough to pass that up, I can imagine. Tough. It's definitely tough, man. Now, I had a segue planned when you had mentioned Rick and Morty earlier, but then I got in a Wendy's tangent. But back half of the show, we're going to be talking about some TV shows that we've been watching. A sort of uh, hard up for a topic this week. We usually make them focused on video games, and. Um, you know, related to something that we've been playing or something that's been happening in the industry. But we decided that, hey, why don't we talk about some TV shows, maybe some movies, something that we'd recommend listeners that maybe enjoy our other hot takes or cold takes or medium takes they'd like as well. So uh, that's what you can look forward to in the second half of the show. But before we get into what we've been viewing, we will start off by what we've been playing, as we always do. So who wants to start? Tyler, I, maybe you should. You finished up Persona 5 Strikers, and you were, like, I don't know, getting there last week, but you sent out the screenshot the other morning. You had it done. We knew it was coming. Give us your final thoughts. Solid game. Great great Persona game. Awesome story. Uh, the characters, I mean, as developed as they already are from the base Persona game, I mean, they they develop and grow even more. Um, <clears throat> some more than others. I mean, um, they're, they're, you can tell that there's kind of like some characters that um have a little more screen time and uh, airplay than others. Um, there's a couple of the, the the dungeons. I guess I'll just call them the. They're called jails. Um, in Persona in Strikers. Um, certain characters kind of have like affinities to like the person that trying to defeat and conquer and stuff like that um but i mean the combat's cool uh the story's awesome it's got tons of charm i loved playing it i think it i ended up finishing it at around like 40 hours 
Um, so okay. obviously, obviously not the hundred hour Persona Five uh, game that we're used to. Um, but it was kind of refreshing not to have to play a hundred hours to to get through something like this. Um, and I would definitely recommend it for anybody that likes Persona, anybody that likes beat 'em up style uh, games. Um, there's still a lot that you can go back and do. Um, each area that you explore has what are called um, uh, dire enemies. Uh, they're these enemies that have like this like electricity flowing around them, and every time you walk up to them, Morgana's like, "Oh, that's a strong enemy. I don't know if you want to fight it yet." <laughs> Is that just because you're underleveled, or because just letting you know that it's an end game type mm-hmm. enemy? I think yeah, just letting you know that it's an end game type enemy. Um, because they, I tried fighting some of them, and it was impossible to fight them. Like your first time visiting those areas, it's not even worth it. Okay. Any legendary type weapons to chase or new game plus anything that you're going to continue with? Uh, I mean, probably not much. I don't think I'll probably end up going back. I mean, I'm the type of person that once the credits roll, I'll pretty much put it down and move on. Um, but there are like zero platinum trophies, (laughs) right? Exactly. (laughs) No platinum. I'm not a trophy chaser. (laughs) Um, but there is there are a number of um what what do they call them uh requests um that they give you so like as you progress through the game you'll get additional requests that's like go defeat this number of enemies in this area and then you'll get a reward or deliver this item like to this area in the game and things like that and then you get another reward and sometimes it gives you like, oh, more accessories are going to be available, more groceries are going to be available, things like that. Um, typically, some of like the strongest weapons are are going to be given to you by doing requests. Um, and and one question that I know I asked like a few episodes ago to Kenny was like whether the the cosmetics change for the weapons when you equip them to people. Um, yep. The answer is yes. The the cosmetics do change. Um, which is pretty cool to see because there are some kind of interesting weapons that people get. Um, I know for Makoto there was one weapon. Uh, she, so she's got the 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 fists, the um, the brass knuckle kind of type type of deal. Um, nope. there, there's one weapon where they're just like big teddy bears. So you're like <laughs> running around like punching people with these big teddy bears. Um, so and it's yeah, it, it's it's a lot of fun. Definitely recommend it. Word. Well, glad to hear you liked it. Persona 5, one of your all-time favorites, or maybe not your all-time favorite. Uh, so if it's worthy in your eyes, it's probably worthy in, in most. I know it's still sitting somewhere in the mid-80s on Metacritic. Glad that it came out and was able to capture the spirit of the original uh, without hindering its good name. Sounds like it did far from it. Any uh, progress from you on that front, Kenny? Or are you uh, to... Actually, been, I've just been just not playing single player games like that. Sure. Fair enough. I mean, I this last week was sort of feeling the urge to play something new as well just for the show. I like to at least have a new perspective on something that I haven't talked about in the previous week's shows and I will continue to do that, especially with options like Game Pass making it super easy to do so, but there's really four games that I'm cycling between that I'm nearing completion in a couple. Um, Super Mario 3D World, I've been surprisingly really into this last few days on, on a few nights um, in the last world before the super hard world. Like I, I think once I beat this one, I roll credits, and then it's like, oh, well, now here's the really tough last area. And I think it's I'm enjoying it so much more than when I played it a few years ago on Wii U. Just really appreciating the tight level design and the way everything varies. The, the finding the hidden stamps and the hidden green stars. It's just been more engaging and fun than it was for me back on the Wii U for whatever reason. And I can't really place exactly why, but I think it's a really good Mario game. I think when you couple it with Bowser's Fury, and especially if you haven't played the Wii U version, if you're okay. a Mario fan at all, pick, pick it up. Like it's it's really good. Um, 
So I've been going between that, 13 Sentinels, which I'm now 28, 29 hours into. I'd say I'm 80 to 85% done with the overall game-ish. And uh, that that story just continues to ramp up. I think that I think the game has the has a great beginning portion and an excellent uh, ending portion, which is what I'm getting to. I think they could have chewed fat in the middle. I think okay. that maybe there's a few storylines that were like that they could have done without. Yeah, that they just like felt a little bit like extra padding to me. Uh, but now that you're really invested in characters all your 13 playable ones for the most part, you know, more so a couple of couple here than others. Uh, Whenever they show up on screen together and you're, you're seeing like, Oh, now they're really starting to interact and overlap. You're finding that maybe that time that you spent investing and getting to know them each on their own. That way there's more impact when you see them cross paths, which there really is. So like the game is, 80 to 85% of your time is spent just talking. Like Tyler called it a point and click adventure. I think it's more of a walk and talk adventure. <laughs> right. um, there, there's very little puzzle solving. There is like, oh, okay, I already went to the nurse's office last time. So I better go to the cafeteria this time because that's how I get the different results in this sort of time loop that you're experiencing with these characters. Um, and you know, there's the whole tower defense system. It's it's okay. Like I, I I there's a really neat way that they incorporate into the story late late on that later on that I was describing to Tyler, which was which is a spoiler, but I think that uh, it's a it's a good way to break things up. I think the better stronger with it than without it, despite the fact that it wouldn't stand as a game on its own. But it's a nice thing to sort of be a something to break up the pace. Um, additionally, why don't we all talk about Devour, which is the $5 indie horror game that developed by a couple folks for the most part, that's what I was reading from the description uh, $4.99 1 to 4 players, although you really don't want to be going into this uh, uh, <laughs> by yourself <laughs> no, not at all so we played this last night and we actually had a successful clear it was me uh, the two of us and Gino, a uh, friend of the show and listener. So thanks, Gino, for sort of uh, Sherpa-ing us through it. Um, MVP. So what do you guys think? I'm, I'm blabbing for a while. Um, honestly, I had a lot of fun with the game, especially I, I would say I was surprised for a $5 game, you know, yeah. that I had that much fun that I, as I did and, and that it provided the scares that it did um, at that price point, you know? Yeah, it it definitely got me a couple times. I was at first, yeah. I it just it took till that first jump scare where out of nowhere. Uh, so first, I'll say what the game is. The game takes place on essentially a one map. Like imagine a a, a big yard, and a um, big house, and that's the whole thing. That's the whole game. There's a basement. There's an attic. A few bedrooms. And there's a yard that's got this uh, sacrificial <laughs> um, fire pit where you need to light it with gasoline, and you go around the house trying to. <laughs> the concept is ridiculous. You're trying to find <laughs> pieces of hay so you can bait these goats. And once so you, you can get, pick up the goats, you pick up the little <laughs> tiny baby goats and throw them in the fire to stop this satanic ritual from happening. And all the while, you're trying to avoid this really. I don't know if she's as tall as the Resident Evil lady, but she's pretty tall. And she uh, starts off when you haven't burned any or have only burned a couple goats being a little scary. You know, trying to... <laughs> maybe she'll grab you. Yeah, she's slow. At, at you slow. But as, as you go on, she gets speedier and speedier. And you really yeah. need to rely on your teammates to revive you. Yeah, uh, she gets even more aggressive. The demons, yeah. the demons she summons become more frequent as well. Um, I will say, I don't know how you felt. At first, the first time she gra- she pops up and grabs you is definitely scary, like how it pops up, how she pops up <laughs> on the screen. Yeah. 
it's the for me every time afterwards was the when she's running with you in her hands is scary because you all you see is your body just tumbling back rocking back and forth and you just see her like ah looking at you while running away from your teammates yeah I thought that was the funniest thing the first time I saw that when she picked somebody up and she's just, just like carrying you. And carries you like way above her. And I think that that's probably what they spent half the game's budget on. Was that the screen of when her face is close up and just the animation and how smooth it works when she grabs you. Yes. Without that effective holy shit she's got me! She's taking me all the way upstairs! Oh no! She got me in the basement! Like without that, the game is decidedly weaker. Uh, yeah, those moments make it I mean, stand and, out. Yeah, I mean, going into it for the very first time, I was definitely I, I didn't know what to expect, so I was just kind of like scared. I was like sticking close by to everybody. Um, <laughs> I mean, I got I got slightly more comfortable as we were like going around and picking up the goats and sacrificing them. Um, but yeah, that very first time that she got me. I like shit my pants and but but after that <laughs> after that it's like okay that's that's the worst it's gonna get so at that point I was like okay if it happens again I won't be as surprised <laughs> exactly because that's the worst right but when she gets more aggressive is the random like it could be like once the one person loses sight of her you just don't know when you're gonna turn the corner and she's gonna be there you know because there was yeah. moments where, like, oh, you know, lost sight of her, and you know, she was just she was just heading in the basement, but then you're in the in the dining room on the first floor, take wrong, oh, quick quick turn right, and then you she's right there, and then you're like, holy crap, I shined too much light on her, and I pissed her off, and now she's coming for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I I also believe that we played it in the discord with which chat on together really? proximity chat would be even crazier because imagine being lost like in the house and just separated boy using proximity chat to try and find each other try and talk to each other it's probably the true way to play the game yeah oh I yeah mean, i mean they definitely took that we from should, like phasmophobia yeah yeah. Oh, uh, I also, me and Gino's tried playing Phasmophobia, right? That's another one I just came back to. We played Phasmophobia, which is what kind of also prompted us picking up Devour. And he was freaking, we, we, we got got, he got got by one ghost. And then there was the first time after all the encounters I've done with Tyler and Anthony and now with Gino, right? I've never physically seen the ghost ever, oh, right? Wow. And this one time with Gino, we were in there and Gino's talking to Charles. He's like, Charles, we're just we're friends. Don't come for us, Charles. And he's like, Gino said, Are you good? He was naming the ghost. And then at one point in time, light started flickering, locked the door behind us. And I looked down the hall because we had a lot of activity down the hall. I put a sensor, a motion sensor, and an infrared sensor. All you saw was this shadowy body come into the hallway. And I'm like, Gino, unlock the door. He's there. Get us out of here. <laughs> Ran out of that house. And I'm like, yeah, I forgot how scary phasmophobia can be. Yeah, they, they've been making some updates to it, too. So I'm sure it's even better now. It's definitely a trend on Steam, these sort of uh, co-op and I think it's a, a neat one, one you don't see in the console space yet. You know, maybe that it'll get there, but it's sort of a, a niche PC thing that is affordable. They tend to be 15 bucks or less. Devour is only five. Low budget, but still can provide some thrills and and they're, they're and laughs really because you're playing them co-op and it's funny to hear me all of a sudden go, <laughs> which uh, definitely startled my roommate and wife last night i'm usually pretty <laughs> quiet and get the text from elena you're being really loud i'm like yeah i mean i think it is pretty interesting to just take a look at like how many games actually try and implement like the proximity chat um because i feel like it's it's few and far between um i feel like there was a time like years ago where there was like a few games that that did it, but maybe not not to as well as some of these other games today. Um, 
because there's been like a few games recently there's been like phasmophobia like devour um that project winter game that we played um that uses proximity yep. to pretty creatively um i mean i think there's definitely a space to try and do that more in different genres as well yeah like uh sports where you're the quarterback and you gotta like really yell <laughs> <laughs> hey the the, hey, the, 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 the uh the ps5 controller has the microphone right in the controller so you can just like yell hike right into it and yeah that'd be cool <laughs> get creative with it that's interesting that you point that out i think the reason is because over the past five to seven years people are typically not or at least most people are not chatting in in game if they're playing with friends they've got either the party chat or Discord, or another app like that open, which just is more seamless. Um, so now their developers are saying, hey, you really should be using the in-game chat because we have a special mechanic around it that sort of enhances scariness or makes it more difficult to survive, whatever. So, indeed. Next time, proximity chat. We'll do it. Right. Tyler, you put the game called Everhood in the outline. I, I haven't heard this and had, haven't had time to research it. Everhood. So uh, this game kind of just popped out to me when I was browsing Steam. Uh, it actually just came out um, at the beginning of the month. And what really drew me to it was it was very... Um, it, it drew a lot of inspiration from Undertale, um, created by Toby Fox. And you same, guys, same font. I'm go- I just googled it. I'm watching the trailer. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, you guys know how much I, I love Undertale. So, uh, for a ten dollar game, I figured I would pick it up and give it a shot. Um, it's really interesting. I mean, it kind of just like throws you in. Uh, the story, um, is kind of all over the place. Um, you don't really know what's happening for most of the time. I mean, sort of similar to Undertale, um, where they have like all these characters and each character has like different noises that they make when you're talking to them. Like, or the... Nice. That's good uh, sans. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and the combat in this game is pretty interesting. Um, it's somewhat like rhythm based. So Dude, it looks awesome. I'm watching this trailer. I'm like, this looks so much better than Undertale. <laughs> Dude, I don't, I don't know about I, that. I know, but... I know. Okay. I know that was overstepping things, but it looks like Guitar <laughs> Hero. Yeah, it's like Guitar Hero, and you're you're moving left and right to dodge uh, these waves that the enemies are, are shooting at you. Uh, you can also jump over the waves, um, and the beats in the game are are pretty cool. Um, so you kind of just like traverse the world and. Um, I think I'm. I think it's only like a five-hour game. Uh, I'm like three hours in to it at this point, but I've been enjoying it. Looks neat. Um, Ten bucks on Steam. The reviews are very positive as of now. Doesn't seem like it's quite blowing up like Loop Hero was. It is, which I plan on picking up and talking about next week. Um, so hear my impressions on episode ninety-five. <laughs> But uh, that's cool. Everhood, people want to check that out. Fans of Undertale, Tyler gives it his sign of approval. Um, so that about wraps it up for the games we've been playing. Kenny continues to dominate in Warzone and is just dabbling with some Spirit Fair, but is, doesn't have anything to say on it. That's that's what he says as of now. As of right now. <laughs> as of now. Maybe stay tuned for more. Um, so. As we promised, we're going to talk a little bit about the TV shows we've been watching because, of course, we occasionally have to put the controller down and spend some time with our significant others. And maybe we're on on our own and watching it. I don't do that, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) No, I do every once in a while. But I think uh, since we're so into anime, especially you two and Anthony, who's not with us today, uh, you give me the... Why don't you start off with a, a recent anime that people can easily jump into that uh, doesn't necessarily have a hundred to a thousand episodes and that is available on HBO Max. You know, you know what I'm leaning towards. Yep, leaning <laughs> towards Jujutsu Kaisen, which is on HBO Max and Crunchyroll because it is a Crunchyroll original. So Jujutsu Kaisen, I've been getting this. Ever since I Googled it in my Facebook feed, 
and all, all the comments seem to be very positive. I see that it's one best anime, best protagonist, best ending, something like that. Uh, yeah, it won a couple awards in the in the in, in the recent anime awards. It definitely so what, got the 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 outro award because that outro is pretty sweet. I normally skip past the the outro music and credits in that one. That one's worth listening to. Oh, I never skip past them because they usually have shit after the credits. That's part of the anime experience. Oh no, not every <laughs> single one of them. That's why I skip past them. Not everyone. <laughs> not everyone. But a lot of times it's like coming up on next week's episode and maybe you don't want to see that, I guess. But uh, what's the show about and why should people check it out or or not? So with that one, um, with, so with Jujutsu Kaisen, it kicks off with these curses, like there's curses in the world. Um, and these, there's these, uh, what do they refer them as, Tyler? Are oh, the ones that get rid of the curses? The sorcerers, the Jujutsu the sorcerers. Yep, the Jujutsu sorcerers. So there's one kid who ends up swallowing a finger, a cursed finger, from that is, that is from, that is, you know, part of, you know, the mangled body of a, of like the, the most powerful curse, right? Um, and he swallows that, gains powers, and then that curse is actually inside of him, trying to take over his body. They, he ends up being able to suppress it a bit, and then yeah, he's he's like I'm... he's like the only person like that they've ever met that can suppress like one of these forbidden curses, like the, these yeah. special grade curses is what they yeah, call the, them. The, the special grade, yeah, because when he's like he's top like top tier, you see you see get a glimpse of him. I want to say about ten episodes in. Um, you see his tremendous, uh, his tremendous power as well. And this one sequence where the main character is fighting against one of these curses, um, and the curse kind of infiltrates into him, into his body, and touches the special grade curse. And like you can see him, be like, "I've warned you already not to touch me again." And he does some, he he kind of attacks back because of that. He felt like you know this low tier curse shouldn't be touching him, you know. He's practically like a god in, in between the curses. So is the show funny at all, or is it more serious, somewhere in between? It's somewhere, in, I would say somewhere in between. It got its moments. Um, you know, if it, if it didn't have any humor, Tyler would have abandoned it after the episode. <laughs> yeah, <Right>. maybe. <laughs> um, if it's too serious, he would have been like, yeah, not up my alley. Uh, yeah. Tough. I- I just want to say real quick, it's been tough only watching one Attack on Titan episode a week. It's <laughs> first time having to deal with that, and ah, hey, what were you gonna say? Tough? It's just just like growing up when you're waiting for like the new shows to come out on on TV. Um, but I, I was gonna say I was gonna agree with um, what Kenny was saying that it is uh, somewhere in the middle between serious and humorous. Um, there's like a good cast of characters that they have, so. Once um, the main character uh, swallows the the cursed finger, um, he then gets enrolled into the sorcerer school, um, Jujutsu High. Um, tech, tech, tech. Well, it's a high when you read the translation of the sub, right? In the dub, they call it Jujutsu Tech. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, which, okay. which is I was like wasn't expecting. That. I was like tech. Okay, whatever. We'll roll with it forward. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Or focusing on the STEM subjects. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a really cool cast of characters, um, and they're pretty much just trying to... The only reason why they're keeping this, the main character around is because they want him to swallow the rest of the fingers of this cursed spirit. Swallow this first finger. Um, because he, was, he ended up fighting this uh, monster to save some of his friends and the only because he, he didn't have any powers to begin with um he was just like extremely strong and athletic or whatever <laughs> so once okay. he, once he swallowed this finger then he got like sorcerer powers like curse powers yep. is it just um, common knowledge swallow a finger you you get some powers yeah, no it's pretty think, random <laughs> i think what was it i think he was a te- i think they were trying to get the finger away from him right and i think to avoid it he like swallowed it right yeah it, it was like his, it was like his last ditch effort to try and survive mm-hmm. type of deal 
Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And then he figures out it was a genius idea all along. <laughs> yep. <laughs> cool. Jutsu Kaisen, you can find that on HBO Max, Crunchyroll. I know I'm planning on jumping in, and I think uh, most of season one is available now. Um, and why don't we go from live action anime to, or, a, or let's see, from anime to a live action show based on a manga, Alice in Borderland, a Netflix show. Kenny, I assume you finished it by now. You were on season, episode six like a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, actually, funny thing, I haven't gone back to fi- finish it because I've been watching it with 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 Medalla, so we just haven't sat around to see it because then she picked up another show for us to watch and we watched through that. Gotcha. Well, I can't say that I wholeheartedly recommend this one. I do think that if you are a fan of anime, that this might be up your alley because it, it has these sort of um, crazy exposition and sci-fi world and solving really tough riddles in order to keep your friends all yourself. The concept is this guy, um, his name's Asuko, uh, something like that. He's a teenage Japanese gamer slash slacker with a couple of buddies who are causing some I don't know. They're running away from the cops for a really juvenile reason that they wouldn't even get in much trouble for early on in the first episode. And they're hiding in a urinal after being chased from a while, for a while. They exit, and everybody's disappeared. They don't know how. They don't know why. Um, after several hours, they get directed by a giant billboard or something on the side of a building that says, go this way, game starting soon, blah, blah, blah. And they learn that they're in some sort of mysterious Hunger Games type of scenario all over Tokyo where people are being forced to uh, compete or cooperatively play these games together where the result of failing is very often and usually death. Um, Pretty shocking times where you don't expect them to go there, and they do throughout the course of the season. Like I will say that it's got a pretty brisk pace. Uh, as far as the plot goes, which I appreciated. It's got some really crazy dramatic, dramatic Japanese uh, yelling and sorrow. And just the, if you're into that sort of high intensity, high dramatic action, which is part of why I love Attack on Titan and, and stuff like that, uh, y- y- this might be up your alley. I think that it gets a little bit into like the stand ter- territory towards the second half of the season, as far as it's twisted. Have you have you gotten to the beach yet, Kenny? Yeah, yeah. You gotten to the beach? Okay, so that character, the sort of leader of the beach, very the, reminiscent to me of like um, the Mad Hatter right there. Yeah, um, of Johnny, what Johnny Silverhand from Cyberpunk? Okay. Yeah, they, they similar energies there, and that takes another surprising turn. It's, it's. I, I wanted to learn more at the very end about what exactly is going on in this ridiculous world. They, they do sort of give you that carrot on a stick that you you want to find out what happens next season. I I do want to see it go on. It, it, it's mindless to an extent, and like it, it's violent and it's it's very Japanese. But I enjoyed it overall, even though I, I can't say it was like officially excellent, you know, prestige okay. TV or anything. But we'll give it a shot. It's called what? Is, it's got a strange title: Alice in Borderland. Alice in Borderland. Yep. Um. So other than that, Kenny, you you mentioned that you've been checking out Mindhunter on Netflix. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. That okay. one's the, that one's the show kind of inspired based on John Douglas, the guy who behind the, you know, that brought the behavioral science unit into prominence at the FBI with the you know cooperation of two other um, people. I think it was Kessler and I forget the um, the doctor's name. I forget her name. Uh, but between those three which kind of are portrayed loosely by, by these characters fictionally in the show. Um, different names, but you kind of know who they're based on. Um, they they 
took this whole theory that, wait a second, you know, deviants, these people who commit these crimes, there's certain triggers, or as they coined the term stressors, like you could see like how they came about with coining the term stressors, coining the term serial killers, um, like how, what the thought process went into it. They mentioned it like, you know, they mentioned how all sequence, at first they were calling um, people who did multiple murders in a row sequence killers because, you know, they did it in a pattern. Like, oh, they killed every other day. So it was in a sequence, you know? And so this show I'm seeing now is from... David Fincher seems to be pretty involved yes. with it. Yep, he is actually executive produced and most of the time is directing the epi- most of the episodes. So he did an uh, interview with Vulture back uh, late 2020 when they asked him whether or not season three was going to happen because it shows two seasons. Nope. And he said, unfortunately, uh, the show was exhausting for him. He said it was a 90-hour work week. Um that it didn't get particularly good ratings as far as whatever Netflix's metrics for that are. He says, maybe in five years. Um, <laughs> so hey. you know, two seasons of quality television, I'll take it. I'm interested in the show. I, I've heard nothing but, or almost nothing but good things. And yeah, definitely, definitely pretty good. I mean, when you look at it and you see kind of how the actors that come in and portray some of these serial killers, um, the acting is top tier so on, on some of these guys, honestly. Like you, you look at it and you're like, wow, like wow. Like, like did they did they really do something? Like they did really, they did really good. Like you know, like the amazing portrayals. Like you're sitting there, like this guy seems disturbed in his acting, but this is just an actor. It's not the actual serial killer. Always great when you have a good interrogation scene in whatever show it is or that when they have that confession or they i don't know get angry and throw something uh or they cry about the loss of someone like the shield is a show that i don't think gets talked about nowadays too much because it's about a corrupt cop who's regularly practices brutality and uh is a general piece of shit um even though you sympathize with him as you're watching it but that had some shows in the interrogation room that were just like harrowing just and they get these you know these actors are like this is my chance to shine like so i'm gonna really go for it and uh so yeah i always appreciate a good interrogation scene which i'm sure mindhunter has a plenty um let's see i'm still cracking away at the sopranos just watched the first episode of season four still one of the best shows ever been meaning to go back and listen to that Talking Sopranos podcast. Have you heard about that, Kenny? No, I, I didn't. What is that? So uh, the actors that play Chris and Jimmy, who and Jimmy's the uh, big guy that takes care of Junior, uh, they have a podcast where they have on special guests and just go episode by episode. Each Each podcast episode that recounts one episode at a time is anywhere from like an hour and a half to two and a half hours long. So they get super. Wow. Yeah. So I guess they, I don't know which came first office ladies or talking Sopranos. Have you heard of office ladies? No, neither. I didn't hear about that one either. Uh, Jenna Fisher and whoever plays Dwight's girlfriend <laughs> on, <laughs> on the office have a, a similar episode by episode podcast, which I hear is pretty popular. Mm. How you are nodding your head. You're just, mm. Oh yeah, I, yep. I know. Uh, Caitlin listens to that every so often. Oh yeah, cool. What's up, Caitlin? I know that. I hope she's one of our uh, twelve to sixteen <laughs> or twelve to twenty weekly listeners. <clears throat> what else have I been watching? Yeah, did you, you finish Lovecraft Country yet, uh, Kenny? And last episode, still. Last <laughs> episode. I'm waiting for Medallis to catch up. <laughs> I have the one episode that I haven't watched yet. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm on episode nine right now. So I'll have two episodes, nine and ten. So I might, from my understanding, though, is that when it wraps, I think, I, I guess there might not be no second season with the way it wraps. HBO's been doing that recently. They had some really excellent one offs. Um, 
and the craziness I, I I guess is that when they put it out, right, when these shows are put out to order to be produced, they're not ordering them as limited series, right? Until after they're produced. Like Watchmen wasn't supposed to be a limited series, but after the story was told, the they were like, Yeah, we're we don't have another story to tell past this, you know? So then they went HBO went back and actually recategorized Watchmen as a limited series because it doesn't have a sec it's not gonna it, there's no plans for a second season. You know? Right. Well, good least they're giving the creators the option and not being like, no, fuck you, make 20 more episodes. <laughs> yep. Um, so I've heard watch nothing but good things about Watchmen. I watched the first episode and I... Oh, I, you haven't watched that? No, oh, I man. haven't. I know. I'm, I got to get on that. Um, as a fan of the comic, I had to say after I watched the first episode, I was like, this is nothing like the comic at all, which I guess is the point. And well, funny thing is, it doesn't tell you, right? It doesn't tell you the fact that it happens so much for into the future past the comic, right? I get that now. I get that yeah. now. And I think I was like a few beers in. And yeah, when like, you first when you first jump, if you first jump into it. And, and you're like, oh, wait a second, it's a show based on the comic. You go jump in and you're like, wait a second, we're, we're, none of this happens in the comic. And without the background, you you could get turned off easily. But when you put it, when you get given the context that this is into the future, this is past the end of the movie, you know? Yeah. I, the thing that really I wasn't sure about was how they were portraying Rorschach, Rorschach, Rorschach. As such a sort of white supremacist hero now, which you can get how he evolved into that, I guess, under the wrong, under misguided thinking. Um, not that he was a arm or anything in the uh, graphic novel, but that's not how he came across to me. It's been a while since I read it. It's been four or five years, but um, it just... I need to give it another shot. It, 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 just, it was jarring to me. I hear nothing but good things. So Yeah, I, I, once once you jump in and you see that it wasn't per se that they took Rorschach and made him, portray him as this white supremacist hero, it was more or less that they took, that these white supremacists took this Rorschach, which, you know, the the mask doesn't symbolize one thing, right? The, the Rorschach mask symbolizes... You know, all like so many different things. That's why it's always ever changing, right? Just like the the image, the Rorschach image. That they took that and they targeted the soups with powers, targeted law, law enforcement, and also, you know, it was just kind of like an, the a next evolution for this white supremacist was not just people of color, but also the the law enforcement next, you know. Okay. Yeah. And, right. and you and you see it then because and then the law enforcement takes on masks as well. After and you know it's very interesting how they portray it because it's in such a point in time. Um, and then also you the Tulsa it it brings into play the Tulsa massacre. It it does very well when when it touches upon its like this. I watched it at the height of all these things happening around the around the around the nation with, with race race being race being in the middle of it. So that's when I watched it and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like this is really. I'm watching this and it's like, "Wow, who could have? Who would have known?" Like this is so prominent right now. That's happening right right outside my door. Gotcha. Well, I will certainly get back to it and. Uh, let's see what else we got here. I, I watched the pilot of Perry Mason. Anybody else watch that one? Another HBO joint? No. I don't know what to think after the first episode. I guess Perry Mason is a longtime TV lawyer from back in the day who had his own long-running drama series that they decided to remake in a much darker, grittier, I don't know, it's a period piece, takes place in probably the, it's, I think it's 1932. I think the, the first episode is like New Year's 1932. Starts off with a very terrible crime uh, that this private investigator is tasked with investigating. He's kind of uh, really grungy and uh, low-level private eye that's got sort of a seedy reputation, but gets the job done. It's played by the main character from The Americans does a very good job of representing that. It's really too early for me to say. It was a little 
kind of messy all over the place in the first episode, just uh, trying to shock you maybe for the purpose of shocking you. There's some pretty graphic nudity and um, violence and surprising murder right off the bat of a very uh, young person. So it's, I hear mostly good things, but I don't really have anything to report. So anyway, maybe you'll hear about it from me in the future. Maybe you won't. It was sort of mixed mixed impressions on my first uh, viewing of it. Um, gotcha, gotcha. Any animes you want to highlight before we uh, say the prayer to the gamer gods and conclude? Uh, I've been keeping up with Black Clover. Um, that's going to be coming to an end this month. Um, I'm not sure if Season there's... For this, yeah, there's three more episodes. Um, it'll be the end of the season because they're at the point where it's caught up to the manga, so we may not see any more Black Clover anime for a while. And we're getting a big announcement after the last episode airs, right? Yeah, that's what they say. Uh, I've been watching Doctor Stone. That season's been been pretty interesting and. Uh, Jumped right on to after the last season, uh, the dungeon only I can enter. I think or it's some similar name to that. Uh, if you like hentai, uh, go ahead and watch this show. Okay. <laughs> this show is like so so weird. Um, I didn't even know what to expect when I started watching it. Um, I thought it was going to be similar to um, um, how to how to pick up a how to pick up a girl in a dungeon. Um, but it's like way Makes more, sense. it's it's way more hentai than that. It's like one of those, <laughs> it feels weird to talk about, but the, the two, two characters like go in and, and kiss each other and just like shows a close up of their mouths and like they come apart and like the spit is like stuck together. It just shows like a close up of it to, to you. And I'm like, oh man. Uh, Tyler, Tyler just wants to tell the audience that he's also watching re- Redo of Healer on the side as well. Oh, no, I haven't watched that one. <laughs> yeah, the whole spit thing, never been a turn on for me. <laughs> yeah, there's tons of like, scenes where just like people, like girl characters, like skirts are getting like blown up. I mean, the, the whole concept of the show is that the main character um, has this ability that he can pretty much like edit and create any other type of abilities that he wants but in order to do it it costs lp life points essentially and if his lp goes down to zero then he dies and the only way to get more lp is to do things that well that will satisfy your like desires so things like sexual things, like eating really good food and acquiring money, are all things that will bring up your your LP. And are you in? Is this the real world, or is this some sort of simulation he's living in? It's. I mean, it's a real world world for him, <laughs> for these characters. Any anime with a full sentence title, I tend to avoid. But <laughs> the dungeon only I can enter. If you're into uh, sloppy kisses and LP. So, y'all, it's been a show. Next yes. week, we'll have something more gamer-related for the second half of it. If you've been listening or watching, remember you can get it on the go on podcast services the very next day. And we so appreciate you, and we hope to see you again. And that's going to do it for episode 94. Till next Bye. time, everybody. Bye. Bye.